Welcome, guys, once again to the MMOs.com podcast. Alta here this week for episode 153. I'm joined by. <laughs> what are you doing? Omer, and this is the ASMR MMOs.com podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, enough of that. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, you know. I am seeing a proliferation on on Twitch of especially girls with this stupid uh, mic that has like two ears on the side. You know what I'm talking about? The headphones or the, no, no, or the mic? it's a mic. Like the, the, it's a tubular mic, and on each on each side, it's a horizontal tube, and on each side is like a white uh, plastic ear. And I think it is the creepiest thing ever. I've never seen this. I have no idea really? what you're talking about. Just I, go I don't to, watch the ASMR podcast, so. Just just scroll. Uh, happy birthday, hun. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's my birthday on Thursday, guys. So this is the first last day you'll see me before then, I guess. Before he hits the big uh, level 30 and gets the job change, right? And then he gets the dad job change. No, dad. Uh, just, no, no, no dad just yet. Just old no man. No dad just yet. Old man. Old man job change. Right. Too old for esports job change, you know? Esports career dies when he goes 30, all right? Dude, esports career dies when you're like 25. Yeah, it's kind of sad though, isn't it? I just feel like that's one of the few things you can only milk for like a few years. But fortunately, with the rise of streaming, you can still make a good career out of streaming. I am not buying that microphone. All right, guys. No matter how much you donate. Thanks again, Elon and Etherville. And uh, all right, I'll take all it right. away. The usual goodies. All right. Well, as you know, the big story this week and still going is uh, E3. Uh, we got a lot of E3 stuff coming up. Oh, I'll try. I'm going to quiz you. What does E3 stand for? Go. Electronic Entertainment Expo. All right. All right. You got it. Yeah. It's an old one. E3's been going on since we were kids. I remember reading about it like in uh, in those like Nintendo Power. Electronic and- Gaming Monthly was our we – were, we were Nintendo Power kids. We were Electronic Gaming Monthly yeah. kids. And we used to look forward to that magazine. And E3 was like this special celebration. Like that's real talk. When we were younger, we would love – we would look forward to E3 so much because every new game announcement like – we were mega hyped for. When you're younger, like every game announcement is like amazing because like you just played everything you could get your hands on. You know, nowadays, you know, we try to put our time towards less games. We like to play them more. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, okay, here's a funny thing about E3. I was actually watching a few of the press conferences live mm-hmm. over the past few days, but apparently it officially starts today. Everything before today was like the the companies just holding their own conferences uh, on their mm-hmm. own, I guess. So apparently it starts today. It runs until the 14th. Um. But like I said, a lot of the big press conferences are already over, including, you know, Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Ubisoft. Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about those. We can't talk about the rest. It's going on right now as we're speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of MMO news uh, specifically, except I guess if we uh, stretch. Black Desert? Black, Black Desert for Xbox, yes. They actually released a really interesting trailer. They tried to make it a story. Like, I remember I played Black Desert, right? And I, I was watching this trailer. I was like, well, when did all this happen? Like, so like, <laughs> like, like, it's trying to like weave a story. And maybe I'll find that video while we talk. But uh, so what are your thoughts of E3 of what you've seen so far in uh, the press conferences? Uh, I mean, MMO-wise, it's been a bit light. But uh, it, it's pretty fun. I watched it with a couple of friends. And uh, there's a few games I'm excited for. Uh, earlier today, they announced Mario Party for, for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's weird, but I think Mario Party is still a really fun game. Though the earlier iterations really sucked, like the, the ones on the Wii. And the Wii U, where you were all in the same vehicle, it was awful. I was glad to see in the new Super Mario Party that they're going to go back to the old system that you saw in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, where everyone's kind of on their own thing. 
Uh, that looked pretty hype. Uh, new new Fire Emblem game looked interesting, but mostly um, mostly mostly Fallout seventy six was the kind of MMO esque style game. That's like that was really the only MMO style game that was really discussed. So a little hype for that. Yes, and this is gonna be a big departure for uh, Fallout. And I saw this live, and I remember when they uh, announced um, there was gonna be multiplayer only. You know, in the chat on Twitch, people were like, "No, oh my God, why?" Uh, but those people should keep in mind that this is a side game. It's not gonna like take away from the mm-hmm. uh, Fallout, you know, numbered series. Uh, I guess series. Mm-hmm. So don't be too don't go too crazy. It's like a side game. It's gonna be online only. And I think I think they're going for like a Rust uh, kind of gameplay. Uh, the servers. I think they're going for. I think they're more more so going for like a Fallout like experience with the story driven gameplay with the quests with kind of like a Rust thing added onto it. It becomes like almost like a side thing. They want to make a co op game where you can just play basically get the maybe get the Fallout experience but in a co op setting just with more people. Make it a little more you know. Well, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be PvP. You can kill each other. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. But, and but I, you still do all the quests and stuff. Yeah. But there's no, no, there's no, there's no living NPCs. I'm not sure what that mm-hmm. means. There's gonna be like robots, but what's the difference? I mean, yeah. But so, uh, yeah. No, I, I think they want to kind of have a, a co-op versus a group, a small group versus small group experience. Could be fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I watched the video as well. I'm like, what, in the Black Desert video you seeing in the background? Like, yeah. like, what is this storytelling? Like, there was no. There, it was a, it was a ready set go grind game, and like I don't remember any story, in uh, like almost no story in, in Black Desert Online. But they made this trailer seem like it was this, this epic story-driven experience, which it most certainly is not. Yeah, you guys can't hear it now. I, I had to mute it. But uh, if you do are interested in what I'm talking about, just, just you know, search you know, Black Desert Xbox E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really funky little trailer. Now, uh, trying to make it like it almost seems like a single-player RPG from the way they present it in that in that trailer, which is kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. Let me say that E3 was more mad. I was more excited for G Star. I think G Star gets a lot more MMO news because it comes out of Korea, and they make a lot more PC games there as well. And basically. America is still very big in console games, so E3 is very much console centric as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Almost everything I saw at E3 was uh, console focused, mm-hmm. um, which you know I'm not a huge console guy, but there was a one EA moment that I found particularly drama esque. I like drama Ooh. a little bit. So they announced a game called Command and Conquer Rivals. I don't know if you saw this. I actually missed this one. I saw a lot of the E3 presentations, but I didn't see the the EA one. Actually, I saw a lot of the EA one, but I, I didn't. I missed a reveal for. Okay, so here it is. I'm Robert. playing it on the video here. So it's it's a mobile game. It's a one v one. It's kind of like Clash Royale, but instead of up and down, it's horizontal. You guys, you send Ooh. these units out. They fight in the middle. Uh, you take over this territory in the middle here. And when they showed this online, I remember the chat was going crazy. Like, oh my god, how could they do this to Command and Conquer? Rip Command and Conquer. EA is like shitting on their grave, pissing on their grave. I went to Reddit, same thing. You know, people like, I can't believe they're doing this to Command and Conquer. How could EA sink so low, etc. cetera? Uh, and Omar and I grew up, we grew up playing Command and Conquer. We played Tiberian mm-hmm. Sun back in the day. We played General, which was a lot of fun later on. But I thought the big, the, the most, the funniest take on this was this clip I'm going to play right here. So this is uh, Total Biscuit's account. Uh, I guess it's being run now by the, uh, his wife. You know, he passed away. Total Biscuit passed away from cancer. I'm just going to play this very short 14-second clip. Uh, we can talk mm-hmm. about it. You know what? I am so. This is gonna sound morbid, but I am so glad my husband is not here to see this. It would destroy him to see CNC go this way. That's a powerful statement. Uh, so she's basically saying, you know, uh, Total Biscuit, you know, is dead, so he can't see this atrocity, and that's how bad it is, you know, to fans of the of the series. So what, what, nobody could say this but her, obviously, you know. But it's it, it's crazy uh, that 
it's getting this much uh, hate, I guess. So do you think it was smart of them to use the Command and Conquer this way, or should it, should it just be like a new franchise, like no, like no, Tactical here, here, Commander? Here, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look, I, I, I'm actually kind of insulted as well by this, but the reality is that this is probably going to make money. I mean, oh, the reality yeah. is they like a, a lot. A lot of people that are complaining about it, myself included, are never going to spend money on this game because we kind of inherently just hate these kinds of games. You know, these pay-to-win mobile strategy games are just awful. And we're not their customers. And I think they, they realize we're not their customers. I think EA realizes but that that's true, they though. can't possibly well, hand it to us. If that's, the, if that's true, what, my, my question was, should they have used a different franchise? Like, why couldn't they just make a new franchise? Why, why did they use Command & Conquer for this? I'll tell you why. Because not everyone, like plenty of older people that played Command & Conquer, like maybe they're like, maybe, maybe they're, there's a lot of more casual people that are our age, maybe a little older, that the Command & Conquer brand resonates with them. No, I played this game when I was younger, and maybe 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 they'll get into it. You know, it still carries some weight because mm. okay. the, the people, no matter what franchise name they used, the you know, the people that are complaining about you know hurting the Command and Conquer brand were never going to play it anyway. So this this was not a traditional Command and Conquer game. It, it's not trying to be, and I hate it obviously just from what I'm seeing. But it, it's going to make money. They, I, I think, I think they, they know what makes money. They know that Clash Royale mints money. And this is probably end up making money as well. It, it it is definitely kind of insulting to longtime fans of the franchise, though, for sure. You know, I usually make fun of people who take these kind of things too seriously. Like, you know, like who, you know, they're making Command and Conquer for your phone. Who cares? Get over it. Don't play it. You know. I, yeah. But even when I was watching this live, one of the presenters after the after the trailer came back on stage and he's like, "Oh, isn't that great? Command and Conquer for the next generation. Amazing." And even I winced at that. Like, this is a sign you're getting that? old. This is a sign you're getting old because. I feel like this generation, if this is their command and conquer, you know, they're getting shortchanged. This is this is not like you know, you know, your parents always say, you know, when we were kids, it was so much more fun. Mm-hmm. We played it in the woods. You know, you're just sitting on your computer. But now now we're saying that to, to you know the kids today. How can how can you compare the experience of a mouse keyboard, this you know, a monitor right next to you, uh, playing online with all your friends? How can you compare that to this? You're gonna be flicking your thumb, you know, your one finger, and just paying to win and not communicating with anyone. Yeah. There's gonna be no chat here, there's gonna be no um Voice, you know, voice chat, nothing. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be maybe a clan feature where, like, once a day you can like trade. You, you you can like you know give them cards and then you get like a bonus for doing it and you can request one card. That's it. The sad part is this is not this this is only the start of I think of, of of a trend. I think I think Blizzard will make a game like this as well for mobile using probably the Warcraft franchise or some kind of strategy game. Whether it'll be like Clash Royale, or whether it'll be like Clash of Clans, or whether it'll be like like this remains to be seen. But I think they said they were working on a mobile game already with the with the with one of their franchises, so I think we're going to see a lot more of this, unfortunately. But I think the, the good thing about this is that it's pandering to a different kind of audience right now. So we're still getting a lot of you know real games from from Ubisoft, from EA, from Blizzard. So this is not really in, encroaching on PC territory that much, so it's no big deal. But eventually, like 20, 10, 15 years from now, I think this is going to be the mainstream. Wasn't the one of the Ubisoft executives didn't say the next generation of consoles will probably be the last one? That's another thing worth uh, talking about. So yeah, uh, the CEO of Ubisoft said. After the next generation, PS5 and Xbox Two Squared, whatever, whatever, whatever stupid name they go with, is that going to be the last gen? They say, and this was a pretty controversial statement. Even in our Discord, I had a conversation with people. So, what do you th- what do you think about that? Uh, do, you, do you agree with them on that? I personally, I think I, I'm inclined to agree with him because remember, it has to be. Look at your yeah. the, the, the device you carry in your pocket is getting more and more like powerful. I think the average iPhone, if you buy a new iPhone today, it's more powerful than like the average person's PC. Yeah, like, for, like especially the average person's laptop. I mean, these devices are getting so much stronger, and, and it just it, there's no point in making separate devices already for for gaming. We've been saying that for a while, but we've been wrong. But uh, I think 
I think it's finally getting there. It's finally converging. And remember, yeah. what he's saying is not anytime soon because we have at least at least two years left in this generation, right? Mm-hmm. And the next one is probably ten years, right? Each gen is yep. So you know, it's he's still a while to go. yeah, twenty thirty is the time frame uh, the Ubisoft guy was talking about. So it's not like right around the corner, guys. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think it's definitely possible. Indeed. Everything's yeah. going mobile though. Yeah, people mentioned in chat I got download speeds. Uh, but remember, in twenty thirty. When 5G is rolled out, I think the download rates and, and, and you know caps are going to be much higher than they are now. So there'll be, be less of a problem. Just a quick uh, quick thing, Altair. Do you consider Fallout 4 to be an MMO? I know some people will be triggered by that terminology. Fallout 4? No. It's no, not Fallout 4. Fallout, 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 uh, Fallout 76. Yes. I say Fallout. yes. It's multiplayer only, online only. Uh, and you, you, you fight other... Like 16, there's only like 16 players per shared world, though. Well, if you go on Steam, I, I can find you a lot of MMOs, MMORPGs that have less than 16 people online right now. Because well, I'm Googling right now. There's a games writer wrote, wrote an article saying, uh, Fallout, yes, Fallout 76 is an MMO. But here's why it can be the one for you. MMORPG.com said Fallout 76 is indeed an MMORPG. And it sounds pretty great. So a lot of people are calling it MMOs already. I, I, don't, know, um, I don't know if it's an MMORPG, it's always, but it's an yeah, MMO. MMO definitely. Because at least it's always online. That, that kind of makes it more, you know, an yeah. MMO. But I'm curious how the share rule is going to be. If like, it, the thing about Rust was you had so many players in the world, which made it very exciting. But if you only have like if you have these smaller encounters, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. If you have if it's online only and multiplayer only, it's an MMO. All right, that's very simple, guys. I mean, I I, I don't know how people can fight this uh, definition. Yeah, who knows? Should be spicy nonetheless. You, you know what's uh okay? So MMOs are not popular right now, right? It's like a, it's like a death yeah. word in the industry. So there's a new there's a new uh, term that the, these guys use. Uh, shared, shared world. world. Okay, it's, it, whenever you, shared world whenever too. you hear that, it's an MMO, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. So it's a shared <laughs> world experience is just a codename for MMO, right? Yes, I, that's, that's my take on it. Anthem is also launching uh, somewhat soon. That was also from the from the Bioware EA presentation. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty fun. I think that, it'll be a lot like Destiny. They got a find. They got a release date for it now too. I think it's uh, February 22nd, 2019, if I remember correctly. It's the first time we got an actual release date for it, and it it looks a lot like Destiny. So there you go. You have another Destiny-like game. But probably with better storytelling because it's Bioware. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's, uh, remember, the main guys, I think that the, at least the founders, they left Bioware years ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with this. Um, again, it's going to be developed for console first, just like Destiny. So mm-hmm. I'm not super excited about it to be honest, just because of that. Yeah. I, I think there's too many compromises you got to make uh, for that format. So not not my cup of tea, but I will try it. Personally, I'm not, there really wasn't too much in, in uh, E3 that I was personally too excited for because there was not a lot of MMO stuff. I mean, there was a crossover event for Final Fantasy XIV that Square Enix announced, which is a Monster Hunter World crossover. But there's like no new details about it just yet. So it, I, I don't know. It just there's been crossover events before and they're not really a big deal anyway. So on the MMO front, all you really have are you know I guess a shared world experience of Anthem and Fallout 76, as well as Black Desert coming for consoles. I got in, one for uh, you. 2019. Okay, guys, we'll let's, have, let's, let's have an argument about this. Is this Battle Royale that's coming out. Mavericks Proving Grounds. Is this an MMO? It's going to have a thousand yes. players, yes. right? That one is definitely on. Un- that is hundred percent MMO. Like more, like with PUBG and Fortnite, you can, you know, I think there's a pretty credible argument that it's not an MMO by any stretch. But I think with Mavericks, this this was revealed at E3 as well. The actual gameplay trailer was announced before, but they're going for a thousand players in a single game. It's going to be a Battle Royale game with a thousand players. You can group with squads of five at once. So a thousand players, I think, pretty clearly fits the. The cause of massively multiplayer, you know, it, it's pretty massive at a thousand. Isn't these definitions funny? Like, what? So if it's if a hundred is uncertain, right? Like Fortnite, and a mm-hmm. thousand is obvious, 
To so, me, it's obvious, but some people, some people would still say it, it, it's obviously not either. Mm-hmm. But very few MMORPGs can be a thousand players on the screen anyway, you know? Yeah. Like, more than a thousand people playing other parts of World of Warcraft. But, you know, to, to be in one zone, you know, I don't know, like one map. Yeah, I, th- I think, I wonder where the line is for, uh, to, to qualify for massively for most people. Uh, the world, the, there are there are some elements of the game that are persistent. I think they said there's some social elements in there that were persistent, which was kind of cool. They are going for some kind of RPG elements there that, that, that stick with you to keep you playing. I forgot what those were exactly. But beyond that, it, it's still just going to be a Battle Royale game. All right. So people are saying it's not an MMO for me if it's not persistent. But, you know, because this is based on rounds. But even persistent, I mean, no game, nothing lasts forever. Uh, eventually... The servers decay and shut down. So, what is your? Is it one day of persistence? One year of persistence? A hundred years of persistence? You and, know? and some elements again are persistent. At least it'll keep track of a bunch of goodies. And that'd be some unlocks as well. If there's like some progression with unlocking, like would that make it persistent enough for you? Because like a lot of games do that, like today. So maybe you can like unlock some talents or something if you play the game enough. Like that, would that be persistent enough to make it an MMO? I don't know. But I, th- I think this will do well because um we've seen a lot of battle royale games, but. Like, one of the biggest things for Battle Royale games for me has been, why are all these games 100 players? I think PUBG and Fortnite would be much better games with a 200, 300, 400 players. Well, they can barely they manage 100. Play. They can barely That's manage true. 100. So I think it's going to take time. Uh, so the secret sauce in the video I just showed you guys, Mavericks Proving Grounds, mm-hmm. their secret sauce is uh, they say they're using Spatial OS, a name we've heard uh, many Quite times. a few times already. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's uh, you know, I guess whenever they're asked a the question like, well, you know, all these other companies are struggling with 100 players. How are you doing a thousand? They just say, "Well, easy, special OS. Just plug that in, and you're good to go." And uh, so far, we haven't actually seen anything release full release with special OS. The closest we have is Worlds Adrift. Um, so we'll see how that does. But it, this is a promise that you know we've been following for two years now at least, and you know still Nothing no real yet. yeah still no proof in the pudding, but more more you know hype. And uh, somebody, they actually said that they're going to have a MMORPG-style hub. So there would be a persistent world where you can walk around. Some kind of hub for the game. So that also kind of leads creators to some kind of persistent elements. Should be interesting. And there will be, be a persistent progression in the game as well, too. So The first beta for this one is going to be uh, coming soon, apparently. You can sign up for it already. But I'm hyped for the reason, just for the sole reason that over, you know, a thousand players game yeah. seems pretty, pretty hyped. So personally, my Battle Royale game of choice over the last week has been uh, Realm Royale. I've been playing quite a bit of that over the last week, having a lot of fun. Yes, Realm Royale, even I've been having a lot of fun with it. And usually I play these games for like mm-hmm. a minute and I'm done. Uh, Realm Royale is a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It's really well done. It, it's, it does something I like, which is it gets to the action. It doesn't take too long. Like the, I feel like PUBG, the map size for PUBG is too big. For a map that size, you need like a thousand players. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Realm Royale is closer to Fortnite's map, which is smaller, um, mm. so you can get right into the action. But no building, which is good. The building's annoying in Fortnite. That's right. So a lot of the reviews on Steam is like Fortnite without the building. Hell yeah! You know, yeah. a lot of people don't like the building in uh, in Fortnite, and they can they can play this game instead. I've been having a lot of fun with this one though. It's been it, it's it's been my game for the last week. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch and a lot of uh, a lot of this. I've not been playing too many more PGs this week, mainly because not really too much for me doing Final Fantasy 14 right now. Though waiting for, for new content, though I've been doing some dailies and stuff. So I've been playing a lot of this and Overwatch mostly. Well, um, all right. So Realm Royale is, like, is doing really well. I think on the Steam charts, it's pretty high up there right now. Let me check. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it peaked yeah. 100,000 this weekend. It's getting like 80,000 today because week, week, weekdays will be a little bit less. I think by next weekend, it'll be over 120,000 concurrent. 
Yeah, it's number. I, I am optimistic on this game. I'm very optimistic. I'm having a lot of fun playing it. There's a, this game is actually mega fun. If you haven't played it yet, I yeah, I say give it a try. They're not paying me. I hope they were, but I strongly recommend playing uh, Realm Royale. Even if you're kind of burnt out of battle, you know, battle royale games, this one's actually really fun. Yep. Uh, yeah, number four on Steam. I think it's gonna keep going up. It's free to play. Mm -hmm. So good game. Would recommend. Give it a try. We did play it on Friday after we failed to get Bless working. Um. Oh, actually, we did pretty well. Usually, we do pretty shitty in these games, more, but uh, I've won quite a few games. I think yeah, my yeah. my average game, I get quite a few kills. I'm actually very confident in my gunplay in Realm Royale versus other uh, Battle Royale games, much more so. So I'm I'm always eager to play Realm Royale. Yeah, and that's a good that's a good point. Someone uh, rise for in chat. Uh, high res is really quick to copy other uh, popular you mm -hmm. know, trends. They deny this, but uh, I think it's worked for them. Worked well for them. Paladins. Initially, it was something very different, but then they changed it to basically copy Overwatch. Uh, and then when Battle Royale came out, they just spun off Paladins into this Realm Royale. This, this is a branch of uh, Paladins, and they're very quick it's to do this. Than Paladins, oh yeah, they'll do better than Paladins. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's. I'm very confident in this game. It's a good strategy. I don't know why people hate on them. You know, uh, it's basically the Chinese strategy. Uh, you wait till someone comes with a big, a big trend comes up, and mm -hmm. if you're quick enough, you know you can grab second place. You know. <laughs> What? The key is you make a you know a functioning, well-running copy. I think uh, I, 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 literally on early access day one for Realm Royale, the game ran much better than PUBG for me. Mm -hmm. So it just the game runs beautifully. I mean, there's still a lot of bugs and glitches, which will be fixed hopefully. But the game just generally runs pretty well, pretty reliably. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Anyways. with that, uh, all right. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you're not playing Final Fantasy right now. But uh, something did happen in Final Fantasy this week. You want to talk about that? Yeah, pretty pretty good story. Well, last week we mentioned the new uh, new Final Fantasy Ultimate Raid, which was the hardest content in the game. It was designed for the hardcore players, and it was cleared between last podcast and this podcast. So it was actually cleared in six days. There's a clip uh, showing the fight down there. That's quick. So it's interesting because it, it's pretty quick. Considering the first um, Ultimate Tier difficult dungeon took uh, eleven days to clear, and both. So I, I know before we talked about you know whether MMORPGs got easier. Did boss fights actually get easier or did actually information improve over the years? And obviously, you know, a bit of A and a bit of B because obviously we have more information to uh, to strategize today than we did back then. But just, you know, like a few months ago with the release of the first Ultimate Dungeon, it took 11 days to clear. And that, that, that was with basically people playing 12 hours a day. And that's actually pretty, you know, maybe underestimating. A lot of these teams were playing probably, you know, 18 hours a day or 16 hours a day. They would sleep, wake up and play this all day until they beat it. And it took them six days to clear it. Which is, you know, obviously the content is difficult, but it was it came out to be a little bit easier than uh, than last than the, the the last one. And if we recall, guys, we made a bet last week on how quickly this would be beat. I said it would be less than last time, mm -hmm. and you said more. You said it would be over. So uh, you you won. Yeah, panned out. Thank you, thank you. So that means you're buying dinner today. <laughs> it looks looks that way. <laughs> but but throughout the process, I, I I had a lot of fun watching the progression of these uh, of of the streamers basically go through the process of clearing this. Because even if you don't want to commit the 20 hours, like, like, look, you can call yourself a hardcore gamer, but, like, at a certain point, like, to beat this kind of content on release, you would have to spend, like, at least 15 hours a day for basically six days to be the world's first. That's, like, that's pretty crazy. I, I'll probably attempt this content later as, you know, the guides come out, make it a lot easier for you to learn. So even I'm not that hardcore, and I don't think, you know, you are. maybe when I was younger, I, I would have loved to, like, maybe be, try to be one of the world's first. But, you know, a little older now, so a little hard to commit, like, 100, 100 plus hours of doing this, but I, I, I loved following the process of, of some of my favorite Final Fantasy 14 streamers go through this. 
and it wasn't just me. We saw Final Fantasy XIV was one of the most watched games on Twitch during the week of this release. It showed a lot of casual players following the process as well. The forums were watching it. Reddit was watching it. It really like, got the Final Fantasy XIV community, like, community together to kind of cheer on their favorite streamers and see the process, maybe like theory craft. Like even the people that weren't participating were kind of theory crafting on optimal strategies and stuff. And I think it's really healthy for the for the game. And I hope to do more stuff like this in the future, which I'm pretty sure they will. <laughs> what if you have a life? Yeah, I mean, that's another problem with getting older. You know, you just don't have 100 hours. Most people don't have 100 hours to plop in one week into, uh, you know, figuring this out. I was going to say, it's not easy in Bahamut Ultimate. From, from what I'm seeing, actually, this looks a lot easier than uh, than the previous Bahamut Ultimate Coil. Because it just seems like the nail fight in, in Ultimate Coil just seemed like more difficult than basically everything. Uh, in, in this fight so far. But that's just my observation from watching the streams, obviously. So, I mean, I can't say definitively. But the fact that, in fact, not only one team cleared this, two teams cleared it. Wow. Within, uh, within, I think the next, the next, the world second was, I think, on the same day or the day after. So the fact that you have multiple teams already clearing this, while it took 11 days to clear the last one, I think it kind of points out to the first one what's quite a bit harder. But yeah, it's, you know, now, now we're going to wait quite a while for the next one. But it was a really fun experience just watching them. And again, I don't really watch Twitch streams, but I was kind of glued to my Twitch screen watching some of my favorite streamers prog this content. It was it was mega exciting for me. This this is the kind of you know, Twitch content I'm I'm excited for. Just seeing new content like this. It was always it was always hyped to see the next phase. Like, what's he gonna do next? You know, can we get past where we got last time? See what abilities are coming up. Made it mega mega interesting for me. But yeah, right. they did it. They beat it. They did it. They done did it, boys. Now we guys we gotta talk a little bit about uh. We talk about Maple Story. I want to talk a little about Bless as well, but maybe Maple Story first because I thought this is a pretty pretty hype actually. So I'll tell you, have you seen the Maple Story Lab servers? I have not. This is for Maple Story One. So I linked you the the announcement over here. Okay. So for a limited time, you can play on the Lab World, where you can experience different concepts and try out new systems. Try out a hardcore game style where your characters level and stats will be reset after death. Oh How my cool god! Is that it's hardcore. That's mode. actually there's a hardcore mode in Maple Story. How <laughs> awesome is that? That's pretty funny. Where you will literally reset after death. So I guess what Nexon is trying to do is basically change, add some different rule sets. Like they did the reboot server with different rule sets, and it's been a big success. And the reboot server is the most popular server in MapleStory by far. So what they're trying to do right now is mix and match different concepts to see what works for them. I think this is going to be really smart because, because I think a lot of people like old school MapleStory. Maybe they might make a MapleStory classic server where you'll have the pre-Big Bang rule set. And maybe they'll find a mix and match of different rule sets that end up working. And we we talked a lot about this concept of uh, you know different rules for servers with uh, with you know the idea we were pitching earlier with player created servers or you know community made content. But this could work as well because I, I think MMORPGs are the perfect um, like playground to mix to, to really tweak the numbers. Where maybe you can have a, a hardcore server in World of Warcraft where all the bosses hit harder or have you know it, it's more hardcore. And you can have more casual servers. You can regular servers. It gives players. Different ways to experience the game, like different flavors for their game. And I think it's really smart. Yeah. I would love to see yeah. this in other games as well. I think a lot of these older games, um, they still have a very dedicated user base, uh, and mm -hmm. they got to do stuff like this. Like even even WoW is working on a vanilla server. I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. um, next time I'm waiting this long to do stuff like this. There's a lot of big Maple Story private servers now too. So like you said, I think a pre Big Bang uh, server. Um, and other ideas are, are, are must, you know, are necessity at this point. I mean, old school RuneScape, you know, is it, huge. You know, like playing up with other like concepts. Like as your game evolves, you still should play around with other ideas. And old school RuneScape was just basically using old concepts. And 
Classic WoW. I think it's gonna be a tremendous success. And I think after after Classic WoW, they might realize, okay, you know, if if Classic WoW does well, maybe other variations of World of Warcraft could do well, you know, well as well. Maybe if we took a different path after Wrath of Lich King and, and did different things, the game could have done better. And, and you can just tweak these numbers and, and see what works. And the beauty of this is they they're basically saying that you know if the servers don't work out, we're, we're shutting them down anyway. Your character will be lost at the end of these tests. So it's a cool way for players to test out concepts and report their mm -hmm. feedback back to Nexon. And Nexon will see what works as well based on player feedback as well as numbers they see on their own. But this seems I, I actually really want to try this. I'm, I'm going to try the the permadeath mode in MapleStory because like MapleStory has always been like if you die, you know, back pre Big Bang, dying was kind of a big deal because if you died, you lost hours worth of grind where it took forever to level up. Nowadays, it's not nearly as bad unless you know you can lose experience when you're much higher level. Then it's a bigger bigger setback. But nowadays. Before like level two hundred, you're not really losing anything anyway. So it, it could be mega fun. I, I really like that concept. And uh, mocks will be stronger. Their loot, their, their loot, loot will be better as well. There's so many different ideas you can get from this without even creating new content. Just tweaking XP gain and stuff like stat loss and stat changes. That alone, you have so much creativity unleashed over there. You don't need custom content. You don't need new maps. Just play with the existing maps and numbers, and it could be awesome. Well, and the fun thing about a server like this is. Uh, you have you're gonna have a big user base kind of going through the content together at the same yeah. time. So uh, you know you'll find people around you your level each step of the way. The gear you find will be useful. You know maybe I don't, I don't know if they'll be trading. Hopefully there is. I know on um, yeah. I know on the other new servers they don't have trading. What was it called? Yeah, reboot. Reboot. Yeah, which was a yeah. shame. But that concept of no trading, I absolutely hate it. I know Bless has like this weird no trading system as well. You can only sell items in the auction house, and there's like these fixed prices. The same way Black Desert Black online Desert, does it. Yep. I hate that system. They do it to combat gold sellers, but it's it's it sucks the lifeblood of an MMO. Like you're killing the the experience if you get rid of trading that way. It's really bizarre, and I hate it. But it's it is what it is. And it you do get rewarded on Mabel's story if you if you play on these test servers. Your main character on other servers get benefits as well. So it's not like you're doing it for nothing. That's good. Yeah, this is probably the most hype Mabel story news I've heard in a long time. I mean, new classes. They you know they're always excited to go back and play a new class in Mabel story. But this is this could this could result in some really cool concepts. Like I would love to see a pre big bang server just for the nostalgic sake. And what's bizarre is you have private servers on MapleStory already today, private servers that run pre big bang rule sets and that are hugely successful. So like Nexon is letting these players go elsewhere. I mean Nexon should capture those users as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, one more piece of Nexon news. I don't know if this qualifies, but uh, mm -hmm. Lawbreakers is going to be free until it shuts down in September. Uh, so, it's got a couple hundred people playing it right now, but uh, it's, so no, have, it's showing that for sure in September, though. Yeah, so if you haven't played it and you want to give it a chance, a shot, a look to know what the fuss was about, you know, now's your chance to do it for free. Uh, MapleStory 2 news as well. A uh, little bit little bit bittersweet uh, because MapleStory 2 is getting a second round of close beta testing. It's a bittersweet because, sweet because we can play MapleStory 2 again soon. Uh, bitter because it's not going to be an open beta, unfortunately. Because I was kind of hoping for um, an open beta announcement. Because it would have made a lot more sense because school is basically going out soon. The summer's starting. The kids will be home. It's the most optimal time to launch your game. And they're doing a second round of closed beta testing. So the second round of closed beta testing will be open to uh, many more players. They said double the players of the previous uh, closed beta. And they will be wiped, of course, after closed beta 2. And hopefully closed, uh, open beta launches shortly afterwards. I'm still betting that we're gonna get an, we will get an open beta release uh, sometime late in, uh, in July, is my guess. Mid really? to late July. I yes, say, I say, way after that. But but the game ran really well in, in closed beta one. They said the biggest problem was uh they had some some like server issues with that many players. And they want to make sure they fix those before launch because obviously many more people will be playing open beta than closed beta. And I, I love the picture on there for the closed beta too. It's like 
give me more Maple Story or Riot and that amazing picture, you know, very silly picture. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I feel like this summer is also you're right that kids are home from school and stuff, yeah. but it's also a very competitive uh, season. You know, you got a lot of games coming out, mm-hmm. a lot of MRPGs coming out. So and they're gonna show up their founders packs as well. I mean, they talk about founders packs already, and I think when they release their like, um, when they I think when they announce close beta two dates, they're gonna also include uh, founders pack sales. And when they include founders pack sales, they're probably gonna mention a release date as well. So going to open a date because maybe they might do a head start program as well. Yeah. So once, yeah. We get, once we learn about the founders packs, we'll learn when the release is coming out. And I suspect, I still think late July we'll get it. Okay. All right. I say, um, okay, then I, I will, I'll bet. After that. After that, I guess. Sure. All right. But this is actually the game I'm still, this is the MMORPG I am most excited for. And I've been more excited for this than I was for Blast from the get-go. I mean, from my experience with the closed beta, I had a lot of fun with it. It was a different experience. I didn't want to commit too much time into it because it was getting wiped. With closed betas, I'm always kind of hesitant to really go ham on them because I feel like if you go ham on a closed beta and then closed beta 2 comes out, you go ham on that as well. Like By the time the game actually launches, you really get burnt out of that early experience. You know, you don't want to do the early experience the third time again. So I'll probably play the closed beta for a bit, but I'm going to reserve my, my tryharding or, or mega playing until after the beta launches. Yeah, when you think about it, we've already done the main uh, story quest twice now. Once on the Korean version, yes, once exactly. on the first closed beta. If we play this, that's a third time. Then we play open beta, that's a fourth time. So, you know, at some point, you got to just wait. Yeah, I know. Speaking of Bless, you got to go with Bless for a second here. Got to go for Bless. So the game's player-based numbers are, are still in, in perpetual decline. Still had a lot of uh, a lot of issues with the game. Now, we've talked about it quite a bit in previous podcasts. It's definitely been a bit of a disaster of a launch. They get about the 24-hour peak now is about 12,000. Every day, the 24-hour peak has been going down significantly. Like, 1,000 players are dropping off in the 24-hour peak basically every day with the current trends. So numbers have been going down quite a bit. And um, actually, I noticed something from, from our last week's attempt to play Bless, maybe worth mentioning, about maybe why the game is still poorly optimized. Uh, so basically, my brother wanted me to copy Bless from my computer, my oh. hard drive, onto an external hard drive so I can give it to him so he can install the game faster, right? So he doesn't have to redownload it on his PC. So what happened was I started copying, and I look at, holy shit, Bless is a... I mean, I knew it was a big game. It was like it's like 40 gigs. But it's not even just how big the game is because um, the game has like over 70,000 files, which is pretty insane. So I'm linking that right now. So there are actually 72,523 files within the Bless Online folder on Steam. So what that means is every individual notepad file, every individual game file, every EXE, every art you know, image, everything in that folder is 72,000 files, which is absolutely bonkers. A modern-day MMORPG should not have that many files. Because what happens is when you're trying to copy um, a game or any, basically, directory from your to, to an external hard drive or anywhere else, you are limited not just by how fast your hard drive can copy it, right? You're limited by how many files there are. Because when you start a file to copy, it, it has to go down the list. You can only copy so many files at once. So the biggest delay wasn't the file size. It was, it was the sheer number of files. And just for comparison's sakes, I looked at my Final Fantasy XIV installation, which is it's a pretty big game. It's over 10 gigs. I don't know exactly how big it is. But it had 120 files. All of my Final Fantasy XIV folder was 120 files. MapleStory 2 was 350 files. Obviously, there's different levels of optimization. You don't you know. Sometimes they just they let files build up on there. But a modern game should not be 72,000 files. That is just bonkers level insane. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. I agree. And, and what's really bizarre is there are so many files in there that are utterly useless. Like, there are... There are like basic Unreal Engine files in there, that INI files, which have no bearing on the game. If you open these INI files, they're basically like like player camera movement, WSAD. Like click, like reload button is R. Like wh- there's no reloading in Bless Online. It, they're <laughs> using a lot of the default Unreal Engine uh, like setup, right? The default Unreal Engine setup is R will be your reload and like H will like change character. Like it has all these basic FPS style like control schemes built into the 
in your blessed folder right now, there are control schemes for FPS games because That's Unreal fun. Engine is really good with FPS games. So it's just really bonkers and weird that it it all makes sense now why the game runs so poorly. You have 72,000 files. They have no idea what they're doing with optimizations. They have no idea what they're doing with the game design as well because how many crazy patches we've had basically nerfing everyone by 70%. There's another patch this week where all the mods got nerfed by 20%. Like you go across the board changes left and right. They, they, they just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And there's, there's, one, there's a clip I want to show you, which I thought was pretty funny. It was on the, the, Bless, the Bless subreddit earlier today. So this is uh, some endgame dungeon. They kill the endgame dungeon as, with, with a group. And just, just, just watch the video. This is the loot they get. Where did you link it? Uh, I linked it to the, I linked it to the wrong person. Yeah. You, you, also haven't, you, you also haven't linked it anything recently to me. Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Let me link to that. First, this is the, let me, let me, this is the, this is the image for the, for the file size. First show that and then show the, the blessed thing. Okay. Take a look at that bad boy. Yes, here we go. Forty gigs, uh, with forty-three thousand files. Uh, that's way higher yeah, than seventy-two thousand files. Oh my bad. Yeah, seventy. I was looking at the bytes for some reason. Yeah, that's a very big number. Big number, boys. Bigger big than BDO is six thousand, which is still a lot, but obviously a lot less than seventy-two thousand. Yeah. And they're yeah, about 10%. similar size uh, on the hard drive. Yeah. Okay, so I'm watching. Hey, look at that! Look at the end game progress. Put the audio. Put the audio. Up. It's beautiful. Okay, I go back. Or right. go back. Audio. Go. Oh! What did you get? What did you get? Keep keep your pants on. Keep your pants on. Cause we're splitting the gold bar five fucking ways. Let's fucking go. I'm out. So I don't. Okay, so a, is it a gold bar just shit? Like, what is a gold bar? Mm -hmm, it's shit. Oh, okay, shit. And it's just boss fight. Yep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the end game fights are really bizarrely designed. There's like a one percent. There's such a low chance that loot will even drop. Like a gear will drop, and to get the gear you want is like zero point zero one percent chance to like get the gear you're looking for. And only one piece of gear dropped. It's not even guaranteed. So. At least when you do like raiding in like in Final Fantasy 14, World of Warcraft, and a lot of games, you're guaranteed like at least a couple drops. Here, you're, you're not guaranteed anything. So you have to actually run the dungeon so many times to gear up. Where I think one guy posted, he spent like nine hours uh, and he got like one piece of one piece of loot. He was grinding the same dungeon for nine hours. He got one piece of loot, which is this guy's reaction though is priceless. Yeah, it is. It's pretty funny. Right? We're, we're gonna we're gonna split. It's a common crafting material, by the way. That gold bar. Right? It's literally garbage. And the other thing you got was like adventure tokens, which are pretty garbage. You get those, you know, basically doing any of the dungeons anyway, too. So literally splitting that five ways. Some, some absolutely garbage crafting gear. It's actually hilarious. I, don't know, I, I thought that that clip was, was gold. It's pretty funny. And so, okay, I heard like two weeks ago now that there was no in-game content, basically. Uh, I mm -hmm. guess it's still true. Yes, I still see a big, uh, big issue with the game. And in fact, it's still leading to a lot of, uh, a lot of memes. Let's see if we can find another good blessed meme for you. I remember way back in like 2011 or 2012 when Star Wars Old Republic came out. Back then, people were complaining about Star Wars not being uh, having enough endgame. But that game compared to compared to Bless, it's not even the same. You know, it's not even the same like tier. Has so much more content in that game. Let me see. What is this? Sad. It's, it's another good Bless beam. Bless online prior to reaching max level. Bless online five days at max. <laughs> <laughs> there's no end game boys Ripperino. there's a lot of, there's a lot of good memes on the the blessed subreddit oh i i wouldn't even i wouldn't even agree with the left one 
you know, it, it, it'd be left one would be like Bless Online prior to actually playing it, right? When you yeah, heard yeah. about the hype, that, that that's hype leading up to Bless Online. The right side is like mostly after you know after you log in for the first time. That go. that's how I, I would view that personally. But uh, one more one more thing about Bless, which is kind of maybe a broader discussion about MMORPG PvP. I thought this was pretty cool though. This was Bless Online uh, PvP over the weekend. My so God. there is still some large-scale PvP going on in the game. And the concept of large-scale PvP like this, it doesn't really exist anywhere outside Holy of it. Holy Is that kind of cool, though? Yeah, it is pretty cool. This I is can't... like world PvP in the game, too. So it's not just like in the battlegrounds. The game is adding 70 versus 70 battlegrounds as well, which is its own thing. And Bless has a lot of problems. But this experience of large-scale PvP, we've seen there are clips of World of Warcraft. I think you can find something. Like a lot of old games have this style of PvP as well. But this is, I think, an exclusively MMORPG concept. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Guild Wars 2's got their their world versus P- world PvP as well. Personally, I'm not really a fan of like the crazy massive PvP like this because it kind of leads leads to like a Zerg fest where it feels like individual players can't have that much impact. But it's it's still one of the few things that MMORPGs have that like other genres simply don't. It's kind of neat. That's just that's you know, that is kind of true. Yeah, yeah. And and I think no, even though the, each player can't have a large impact, I still think it's valuable because. Just like it, I think it teaches a lesson that you don't get in games that often. That in, just like in the real world, you know, people always laugh at the at the at the manager not doing anything, haha. But the most important skill in the real world too is just organizing a large group of people and getting them all to do one simple thing. If everyone, if everyone does one thing right at the right time, mm-hmm. it can have a huge. You can win any battle, you know. And that's what these games teach you that you don't learn in um in smaller scale games. It's not about individual skill. It's just about being. It's just about showing up. It's about doing your one task. If you're a healer, you just spam your one heal. If you're like mm-hmm. the you know AOE guy, you spam your one AOE, uh, and that's it. If everybody can just do their one task at the right time and all show up, that's how you win. You know, that's how you get ahead. So and the guy who organizes it, it brings will make sure those people get online. You know, make sure you know, everyone knows when to get on, what to do. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Fair. I think, and that's what I miss about forty man WoW raids too. I know a lot of people have said things like, "Well, the mechanics were so simple back then. It was, it, it was worked, just, yeah. it was a tank and spank, and it was just a matter of like, you know." A gear check or just all showing, you know. But the thing is, that's what life is like. Life is not this epic, you know, raid boss where you're dodging, right, you know, these circles on the ground or lava from the ceiling every every three seconds. Real life is 99% just showing up, you know, and just clicking one one button, you know, in the office or wherever it is, you know. That's life. Um, and it's not easy. You know, most WoW guilds, right, most people never cleared MC, let alone Blackwing Lair and AQ40, right. Even MC was out of the reach of most players, not because they didn't have the skill to do it but they couldn't get into a guild that could organize 40 people to show up on you know Friday evening for for 4 hours and sit there and push one button you just couldn't do it that's actually a really interesting analogy to to life and i think it does make a lot of sense because looking back at a lot of those old wow fights they really were very easy in their core the mechanics required to like pull off those like wow fights were very minimal like most of the players didn't have to do anything they, they basically attack oh yeah they just like i remember like if, if you like if you one of the first few fights in Molten Core, like you, if you're a ranged DPS, you literally have to dodge nothing. Yeah. The entire fight, you would just, you know, basically shoot the boss doing your DPS combos, and that's it. There was no like mechanics to dodge, nothing to do. But most players never completed WoW, like old school WoW raids, and I think just showing up on time is ninety percent of the effort. Ninety yeah, percent of the job is definitely. My job in WoW and in, in MC, I was a healer. Okay, so I, I, I'm not my as a, it was forty people. So as as one of many healers, my job wasn't even to keep everybody alive. My job was I had a certain number of people assigned to me, right? 
I had to throw mm-hmm. heals on the main tank along with everyone else. And if any of these other guys on the side lost HP, I had to I had to keep them alive. That was it. So I was I was uh it was like a worker in a factory or something. You know, I wasn't my job wasn't to keep the whole factory running. My job was to keep my one assembly line going. You know, and if, and everyone had this own role. And it, we all showed up, and we didn't have to dodge reptiles. We didn't have to, you know, do all these crazy mechanics. That's it. Uh, What's crazy is that, you no, know, it shows you that managing this was more difficult than the current content. Because if you look oh, yeah. at uh, WoW rating today with 20 mans, or even Final Fantasy 14 rating with 8 mans, uh, the, clear, the clear rates for content are much higher today. It's much more people are clearing the highest tier raids in Final Fantasy 14 and World of Warcraft than they, did, than they did back in vanilla WoW with, you know, Blackwing Lair, with Naxxramas. More people are clearing it. And it's and it, and more people are clearing it today with more complex mechanics. So a lot of the fight was actually just coordinating forty people, just getting those people to show up, and people not to DC or AFK or take a piss at the wrong times. Like that was such a big part of the fight. That was the harder part of the fight than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and it was more difficult than mechanics. The clear rates in uh, Final Fantasy, right? I, I watch yeah. more play sometimes. Like you know, people are moving around, jumping around, mm-hmm. doing all this crap. Uh, that's not impressive uh, in the real world. Oh, Eugens, thank you for the sub. Uh, Dropping by, Bless was also more of a letdown than Kim Jong-un ending the world. Um, Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump saved us, guys, from the apocalypse. Praise Trump. There you go. Right. Of course. Yeah. But uh, what, was I, what was I saying? Basically, yes. I think, I think uh, I guess what a kid, something kids um, have to grow out of is talent is not that impressive. You know, everyone, you know, you, everyone can clear um, those Final Fantasy raids because they're eight player, eight men, right? Yeah. So that requires, I think, more skill than a WoW raid. Yeah. Uh, whereas the wild raid just requires persistence uh, and scheduling, basically, and people fail at that. Even in you know, even people with talent fail at scheduling, managing their time, their schedule, and showing up. They can't do it. Most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are skills I think are more important, especially for an MMO with social experience, than just you know, uh, kiting up a bomb and jumping up and down. That's fair. You know, putting the time, trying to show up in time. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That how, how much MMORPG raids have changed over the years. From more scheduling to actually just doing mechanics themselves. Arguably, I think raiding is more fun the way it is today. Because I remember, you know, my old raid in Molten Core. The actual encounters were just not fun, really. It was really, it was actually very tedious. Uh, I think it's more engaging now, much more engaging now, fun. Despite being easier overall. And I, when I watch you do a raid, first of all, you you queue in, right? Yeah. Okay. That that alone. Do a party finder, yeah. Basically, like a, yeah, a form of queue in. Yeah, a pug, 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 basically, right? Yeah, pug, yeah, pug, yeah. And, and often you're not even on voice chat with these people. No, you don't have to be. Okay, so that... A, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. I, actually, most groups say, like, voice chat required, right? Okay. But the thing is, I, I joined, like, a lot of groups don't say anything, but then a lot of people hop on voice chat. I never joined voice chat with them because ultimately the way the, the way the way the fights are set up is if you know what you're doing, you never need to talk to somebody in the fights. There's, like, no coordination required. I think it's right? bad design. I think it's bad design. Yeah. To a degree, I think you're right as well. I think I think the fights should require more coordination. Yeah, a lot of the fights have actually just a lot of piece of individual uh, like things. Whereas the ultimate difficult combat Final Fantasy 14 does require more coordination. But a lot of the regular raids, you can none of you have to be on voice chat to complete, which is really bizarre, because normally you should have to coordinate what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to do it. Yeah, but you know you don't actually have to do it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like I remember in WoW and stuff, like the first ten minutes of a fight before it began was one guy yelling at everyone in event, like, "Okay, guys, group A is here, B is here. Don't mm-hmm. do this, do this." Like, and then he had to check if everyone was there. Bio break with forty people, guys. I don't, I don't know if you guys are, um, I don't know if you guys played WoW back in the day, but or EverQuest even had bigger raids than at hundred, you know, because there was no, mm-hmm. there was no, there was no instances in EQ, so it was world bosses with up to hundred players. Yeah. Uh, just getting everyone. 
ready checked you know like was was an endeavor that you'd always have people afk when the fight started no matter how hard you try you know like there'd always be one guy who's pick up the phone went to the bathroom uh with four with a 40 to 100 players that that was inevitable yeah. we showed up a clip of uh of a world boss in in everquest it was like actually the most boring fight it was like 30 minutes long of everyone just auto attacking there's like no mechanics to dodge it was literally just auto attacks and then i think they all lost which is pretty funny but, like the, the fight designs definitely got more exciting and interesting but it, it would it would have been cool to see um like that happened alongside like 40 man rage or something or, or something just more more impressive and i think i think the ultimate tier difficulty in final Fantasy 14 is cool but i still wish they had like some kind of content in the game that no one's been able to clear like I, I, can, can you design a fight where it's so difficult but still doable that maybe it takes like a team of dedicated players like like six months to complete like, do you think that's doable well like i said i i think i, I don't know exactly what the ultima Raids or whatever in Emberquest are going in Final Fantasy are going for, but mm-hmm. uh, I think we just picked you know we discussed a topic of two different kinds of challenge. Mm-hmm. One is the technical challenge, right, which I think is what uh, Final Fantasy does, versus the more coordination challenge mm-hmm. uh, in older games. So I think I think hope maybe one day Final Fantasy can add something that requires more coordination rather than a uh, technical skill on each part. Mm-hmm. Fair, that'd be fun. Uh, it, it just it just there's something about seeing uh, like raids. And like these fights go down so quickly. I mean, e- even for Ultimate Tier Dungeon, like these guys obviously work their asses off playing nonstop, and they're some of the world's best players for six days to clear it. But there's something about that just being cleared a little too quickly, which is kind of weird because like, even even in Final Fantasy XIV, the non-ultimate content, like the regular raiding content that came out during the Alexander patches, which I think was during Heaven's Ward, so about like a year and a half ago or so, two years ago, I forgot, a year and a half ago or so, like. So there were there were some things in that fight that took over thirty days to clear, if I remember correctly. Like, and then they nerfed it to make it easier. But it took thirty days for normal raids, and then now they're releasing content specifically designed to be like insanely difficult, and it still gets cleared faster than their earlier content. And we're not and we're not reaching back to like ten years ago where nobody had YouTuber guides. Now people had guides on YouTube back then as well. So it's just weird to see like, I'm glad we still have the ultimate content, but it just seems like as a whole. We're still going way, way closer to more casual. So, okay, wouldn't it be fun then for the next ultimate level tier in Final Fantasy to be like sixteen man, thirty-two man? Is that possible? Well, it, well, it is possible because they actually have um, they have twenty-four man raids, which are basically um, just free gear for everyone, right? And, and it's basically you you can clear the twenty-four man with like half the players, half people can go AFK clear, right? Because they're they're designed to be free gear for everyone. I you know, I, I, I refer to them as the because at the end of the dungeon, you get like a coin. I call, I call it the welfare office because at the end of the dungeon, you get a coin. You can trade in for like, a, like the most powerful gear in the game. Hmm. And they give it to everyone. And they always release that kind of like mid-patch where people can just catch up and get all the free shit that they, they weren't able to get through the raids. Even though most people get all their epic gear through this process, through welfare coins. They get their the best gear in the game. <laughs> welfare coins. But then these fights are actually really interesting because they're 24-man fights. They're designed around 24 players. And sometimes you have three, you have three full groups. Each group has to do like a different thing sometimes, right? They kind of split the party up. Everybody do different things. Some of the boss fights are really interesting concepts with tons of players on the screen at once, but they're just designed so easily and pissed poorly that like it really, like the last 24 man in Rabanaste, there was the end, the end of the boss had like some really cool fight where like you had to either do the opposite of what the boss says or what he says, right? And depending on like what's, what symbols are on the screen, right? What I would do is I would just ignore that entirely and just keep casting spells. Because sometimes you gotta like, turn around, look to the left, look to the right, you know, do the opposite of what he says. But it didn't matter because if you didn't do what he said, you took a small bit of damage. Where like if you actually follow the mechanics, you would just lose DPS for oh. no reason. You could just, you could just lose, ignore all the mechanics and just do damage. That's most most of the fights end up being 
you don't have to ever know the mechanics because it never matters. But the mechanics are there. They're pretty interestingly, they have really cool designs around them. But you don't have to actually know what they do because it was never made to be difficult. If they design a 24-man, like if they, if they made ultimate content like with a 24-man raid, that would be really cool in my eyes. Like that would be really interesting. But the coordinate 24 players, it would be, they, they've never done that before. I would love to see it though. Yeah, me like, too. Ultimate me too. tier 24-man dungeon would be epic. Yeah. I think it's easier to design that too than uh, an eight-person technical challenge. Mm-hmm. Right, like, you can make the actual difficulty Quite lower. Yeah. yeah, but just the fact that you need twenty-four plus people to be there doing their role, and if one of them doesn't, you know, and remember these are guilds. These are just, I think it'd be more challenging for the guilds for that reason. Mm-hmm. For sure, it just it just raids have not been going that way anyway, which is which is unfortunate. Another reason why you know maybe multiple servers. I still think um, the idea of uh, remember the, with the Maple Story um, lab servers with some kind of community servers. Would be the ultimate like resurgence of MMORPGs. I can just imagine players designing some fights. And, and the beauty is like games like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, and basically any MMORPG already have all these mechanics in the game, right? Like they have, like if, if you had like a, if you had a, like a boss fight builder built into World of Warcraft for like on their dev kit or something, kind of tools you can use. You can use mechanics from, ex- from previous fights, set the timings whatever you want, and make players make their own challenges. Even with no loot, it'd be, it would be such an interesting experience to see what people come up with. It's like, you know, you know, the Super Mario Builder. Like, people make their own Mario World levels. Like, shit like that. With And all the tools are already there. You have all the all the, all the the in-game animations and graphics. And really, you can just you can just mix and match, basically, attacks from previous bosses and mechanics. I, I, I mean, it, it may be a little bit, like, odd because you'd be seeing weird, weird animations that don't really fit with the theme. I think it would just open, like, the Pandora's box for creativity. There'd be so much shit going on that it would keep players busy forever. Uh, yeah, we had to talk, but I think I think that idea was um, was floated by things like EverQuest Next, um, but it just uh, they never did it though. They never I, did. I it. don't. I think we got to wait for Spatial OS. That's gonna save the day. In that, the that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Persistence, along with uh, the whole Minecraft spiel. Uh, hopefully, one day. I got tired of looking for something else, but I, I I can always go back. I can realize back to WoW or play one of the private servers. The beauty of WoW private servers, yeah, you have a lot of you know custom content there as well. It's always well, good. Well, Derpy, don't forget, guys. Uh, there's a new expansion coming out for WoW this August, and uh, mm-hmm. I think next year we're gonna see the official vanilla server. So mm-hmm. you got some options there. Indeed. Not much else going on really in the, in the actual MMO world. I mean, you have Wild West Online doing a free trial, but that game is dead. Do you remember when that game was first announced? It was like all this hype about it being like it's gonna be like Red Dead Redemption, but online. And then everyone realized it was by the guy who made uh, uh, was it War Z? That Sergey yep. Titov guy, and then it's it's totally dead. They're doing a free trial on the on June fifteenth, and anyone can play the game for free at level twenty. But this game is dead. There's like thirty players online. There's no chance. This game Rip. is done, though. The cash crap is over. Rip. Is that too many other most coming out on the horizon here? We got uh we got another Elder Scrolls game. This one's called. This is another mobile game, Blade. Did you see that? Yes. Uh, it didn't look terrible, but I, I, I don't know what to think of it. They said it's going to be a full-scale Elder Scrolls game on mobile, but when it's on mobile, you automatically assume, like, not hardcore at all. But it graphically looked nice, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually play it. My, uh, what I found most interesting about Elder Scrolls Online was not the fact that it's playable on mobile, but that it's going to be cross-platform on everything. So it's going to be on consoles, it's going to be on PCs, it's going to be on VR. So you could be playing this on your VR set against somebody playing on their phone. Yeah. 
that's pretty interesting. I wonder what the combat will be like um, mm-hmm. between the two. I, I just can't imagine the combat being so intuitive with mobile, with just clicking left or right. I don't know. I, I saw the I saw this live. I watched the Bethesda conference, but uh, I, I was not too hyped for this at all. And they're like, oh, you can you can make it uh, portrait mode as well, you know. So it looks like you, you're doing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. It, it looks so silly. When I hear mobile, I hear microtransactions and dollar signs. I mean, there's dollar signs on non, you know, mobile games as well. You know, it's just I guess more evident on mobile titles. Yeah, that mobile cash cap is gonna make money though. Ayantex. I'm not gonna play it, but people definitely will. Indeed. I mean, Camelot Chain is uh, actually around the corner. We can at least look forward to that. That's one uh, like actual crowdfunding more RPG. They're aiming for uh, some kind of their beta one on July 4th is their self-imposed deadline. And they came out this last week and said, basically, we are on track to meet it, though just barely, whatever that means. So at least at least they're on track to meet it. And hopefully, we'll actually, you know, that's, that's right around the corner. That's a couple weeks. You're looking for gameplay, right? You're not going to find anything in 2018. Oh, I was no. actually looking for a gameplay. The only gameplay video I could find for Camelot Unchained was their 2016 Dragon Con video. So if you go to their, the search Dragon Con 20. Dragon Con, you'll right. find some gameplay over there. Before it's that, it's weird that like, yeah. How cute is this little uh, 20, 22 days till beta animation? I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, I'm hyped to try it. You know, at least we'll be able to play something then. You know, because this game has been coming soon forever. What was the what the Kickstarter was? What like 2013? This game's been developed for like over five years. This has been you know in the in the works forever. So we can finally at least play something. You know, on beta one. And they just raised more money recently too. So this this is gonna happen. They they have the money to make it happen. This is by the guys who made Dayhawk, so I'm gonna give it a shot. But uh, but what's weird? I couldn't find any gameplay besides this video you're seeing around the Dragon Con. Like, why are they showing off more gameplay besides this footage from two years ago? Well, they don't want to just. That's bizarre. Yeah. This is like the only video I could find for the game. It's really bizarre. Well, you know, only twenty-two days left, so we'll see it soon. Another actually big thing for me three worth mentioning is if you. If you get Quake Champions right now on Steam, it's you can play it forever. It's free to play basically. Um, well, the, it's weird because Quake Champions is will be free to play at launch, right? But the yeah. early access costs money. Oh my god, they were dealing with that model, right? But if you but but if you get the game on early access right now, it's free, and it's guaranteed to be free forever for you if you, if you get it now. So if you never got it and you actually care about Quake Champions, now is the time to get it. I think it's free till June 18th. But what's remarkable is since going free, basically since making the early access free. The player base has spiked up quite a bit. They're up to like uh, over ten thousand players now. Hmm. Actually, they're quite a bit more than that. Yeah, they're, they're they peaked at sixteen thousand today, which is pretty crazy. And they, before they were peaking at five hundred, like at nine hundred to a thousand. So they're from thousand to uh, basically sixteen thousand players since making that free to play. We played this, right? More players on. Yeah, we we played it, but I I didn't really like it. Really, it's really bizarre. Yeah, I didn't like it they, because when you think when you think an arena shooter. I think they're making the same mistake that Lawbreakers did. Like, I, I, I with Quake Champions, I, I don't want, I don't want the hero abilities. I don't want to play a hero shooter. I want to play an arena shooter. I want to play a modern version of Quake Three. I don't want every single hero to be different. to be slightly different stats. I, I want to I mean, make them visually different. Fine, but I want to go around the arena, find guns, and shoot each other, which you can do in this game. You can find different weapons across the map. That's all cool. But the hero shooter elements of Quake Champions just wasn't my cup of tea. I, I, I'd actually much rather play Quake 3. Playing this made me want to play Quake 3. Maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just old, but I don't think the hero shooter element added anything to this game. You're right. 
Tate, I think it feels slapped on almost because remember, every character got slightly different armor and HP values and different hitboxes. And they did like different abilities. Like you have one extra ability, special abilities you're playing one character versus another. But that's not what an arena shooter is about. So it's just weird that they decided to slap this on there. It does look beautiful and it does run smooth. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I tried it. Yeah, I probably tried Same. it. Yeah, so I, I, it's free now. So maybe I'll try it. Um, yeah. We can try it on Friday or something. I don't know. Yeah, we could. And the game has apparently really good netcode as well. So it's got that going for it. And it's still fast. It feels fast-based too. The movement just feels kind of fast. So you still have that quake movement in the game. And the quake-style maps and finding the health packs and the knowing the maps to find shotguns and, and, and gear. You know, It's neat. But I just wish they didn't have the hero shooter element. Because honestly, if I'm going to play hero shooter, I'm going to go play Overwatch. Yeah, there's plenty I of think- options for that. If they, just took, if they just took the hero shooter element out, I think I'd have a lot more fun with it, personally. But maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't see the appeal of the abilities at all. It just feel like it adds nothing to the game. Indeed. And I feel like this would be an optimal hero to play as well, like the, with the most HP, maybe. But some of the abilities felt kind of weak, too. But maybe they balance it around a bit more. I do like that you can see the HP when you hit somebody, which is a nice touch. You know, I feel like other games don't really do that. You can see the HP values of the damage you're doing. Oh, there's another... Esports ready, boys. Let me find what this game looks like. I'm, I've actually been playing a, a tower defense game on Steam. It's one of those games that's been out for a while, but just went free. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's called Fortified. Uh, and I was actually having a lot of fun with it. I played with an old friend of mine. I tried to get you to play more, but uh, you were uh, reluctant. I'm sure I, was I'm playing, g- I was playing a lot of Overwatch and Realm Royale this week. Those have been my games this week. This is a lot like um, Orcs Must Die, or uh, there's another one with the, with the wizards. What's it called? Magica? No, 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 no. Oh, it's like a... You build traps. There's like four different classes. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. There's two of them, too. Somebody in the chat's going to say. It was a big game, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. What was it? Somebody say it. Dungeon Defenders, right? There you go. Dungeon Dungeon Defenders. Defenders. Yes. Yeah, somebody said it, but I heard all they say before I saw it in chat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this game is a lot like Dungeon. It. If you if you enjoyed Dungeon Defenders or Orcs Must Die, that kind of game, uh, give this a shot. Give this a play with your friends. Uh, it's called Fortified. It's the same spiel. You just build towers, and then uh, you have like, a, heroes with a with a gun, and you just defend against waves of aliens. I think games like this tell you the success of games like this. This one free to play, well, uh, for like a limited time, and it's got a lot of people. Got, and over hundred thousand people jump into it to get it because it was free for that. Just that you know, if you download it, you get it forever. It shows people like uh, these co-op games, like Dungeon Defenders, this game. Co-op, co-op works. There just really aren't that many co-op games out there. So make a co-op game, it'll do well. And they, that's one that appeals to more pieces as well. I think it, it's it's one of the few co-op games, you know? The co-op kinds of games. People want to play with their friends. Not always against their friends. I prefer to kill my friends and play with them, personally. <laughs> this came out in 2016, and I literally, I, I haven't heard about it until it went free and I saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. So even, you know, games like this, which are the kind of games I enjoy, can really slip below the radar, even for somebody who's, you know, on the computer as long as I am. Especially, you know, well, you, you also let gems like this slide, too. I mean, this is, uh, there's a lot of gems out there just just slip on right by. Oh, right? yeah. We got, all right, well, we started with this in the pregame, so perhaps we can end on it as well. Steam has decided, guys, to stop moderating their own service. They put an announcement saying anything that's not illegal legally uh, we will not take down anymore, um, mm-hmm. which will lead, which has led to games like this, uh, these asset flips and stuff being all over Steam now. LGBT Battlegrounds is now on Steam. Uh, there was a game called AIDS Simulator that was also on uh, Steam. 
What's Once up? they said that Battle Royale was not for sexual minorities. Now, this is not so. LGBT battlegrounds should unite gays, lesbians, transsexuals, and bisexuals of all kinds. Look at this riveting story. It's, but it's... all the saved players in this are gays. It's a bunch of first-class gays can withstand and kill their fellow orientation. That is the description for this game. It's just nonsense. It's just like broken English. A battle royale for the LGBT community. Yeah, so I know you're more you're a free free uh, speech kind of guy, right? So yeah, do you think I'm also for free speech? But it comes with you know you got to take responsibility for what you say or what you do. Yeah, of course. I think Steam will should be judged on what they decide to allow on their platform. No, think of it this way. Think of it this way. Like you know the like your Reddit homepage, right? Anyone can submit content on Reddit, right? Yes. And there's a lot of garbage content that goes on Reddit, like awful links, spam links, literally just virus links go on Reddit, right? But you never see them. Why? It's not because Reddit doesn't allow them. It's because they get downvoted. No, no, get, no. Uh, Reddit deletes communities. Like there was, uh, like there was, like, uh, yeah. was like um, yeah, they, 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 they delete communities. I know, I know. But generally, like hate porn one or something, revenge porn, whatever it's called. Yeah, um, sure, whatever. I know. But when they, that's only when they get like massive media attention, right? They end up deleting them. Okay? Okay. I'm not saying Reddit is the perfect bastion for free speech or anything. But what I'm saying is, the the community created content. Player created content, unfiltered, generally, generally unfiltered stuff. You never see like the virus links in the front page of Reddit. Why? It's because it gets downvoted. Or it no, just, no. It gets the virus non- links get deleted too. By the way, that you reported. I don't. I don't think. Report. I don't think Reddit's policy is to allow vi- links to viruses. That no, sure, I know. Okay, but, so what are you talking about? Fine. I may, I may, I'll rephrase it. So like, if you go like are funny, a lot of like the dumb pictures that aren't funny don't make it there. Why? Like the, the low effort humor doesn't make it to the front page. Arguably, all, all of it's low effort humor, but like the really bad content. That doesn't make it there. Just like I think a lot of the garbage games that are allowed on the Steam platform will get lost on the Steam platform because people will have a system where they can downvote it or something, right? But where the more interesting okay. games will get exposure. Well, they, I don't know if they have it today, but the system works, I think. And, and sites like Reddit, which are built on entirely user-created content, kind of prove it to a degree because you don't see a lot of garbage content on the front page of your favorite subreddits. It's generally the community curation ends up working. And right now, I don't know if... Steam does have a good process for community curation. They have, like, players can make their own, like, list and stuff. But there's got to be some kind of an upvote system, too. But then it can always be gained as well then. But generally, I, I think it can work. It can work, but they, they need stronger filters. Uh, I, I remember, right now, I'm not logged in on Steam, on the browser you guys are seeing. Mm-hmm. So perhaps uh, uh, for people not logged in who opt into shit like this, it should just be invisible. Like, I shouldn't be able to see this. Um, by default, it should just link me to the homepage. Ideally, it should be so hidden that you'll never find it unless you're looking for it. Yeah, exactly. It's Duke, you know? But the the filters and the the players should recognize it's Duke and downvote it, and then you'll be fine that way. Indeed. But okay, so you don't think, presumably, you don't think uh, companies like Reddit or even uh, YouTube or comment sections have a responsibility to to filter spam? This game is literally spam, by the way, guys. I know it's called LGTB Battlegrounds. But nothing in this game uh, has anything to do with LGBT. It's basically a Unity uh, pre-built uh, asset to like test battlegrounds. So if you look at these screenshots, you know it says like set farmer, soldier, police. There's you know mm-hmm. nothing in this game. Yeah, it's is anything. It's garbage. He just re-uploaded uh, an existing yeah, file and just named it this. So this is basically for all that the purpose. This is spam. This isn't like an, uh, yeah, a political commentary. Commentary. It's spam. It's nothing. I know. So I do think this platform, Steam, has a. A responsibility to, to filter spam the same way if i go to like if you go below our video on youtube and let's say a thousand comments were all like hey i work for google i make five thousand dollars a day from home click this link you'd be mad right if, if, if you just a billion of those appearing every day you know you, you'd be like hey youtube fix this what are you doing like, hey, i don't want to man- manually delete these but, but look, look at the flip side look at look at youtube for example anyone can upload videos to youtube right and there's a lot of garbage videos that people upload basically like of like nothing happening like their room and there's no movement right 
or some kid screaming through his mic on YouTube, right? It's so much of that is on there, right? Yes. But through the chaos comes like useful content, right? And you don't need to delete the videos of the kid screaming. And there's no need for like, who cares? Let the kid upload a video of him screaming. Let LGBT battlegrounds, asset flip, garbage games go on there. At the end of the day, there's some kind of system and filters where what you see is based on what other people recommend. It ends up working just fine, where the garbage content will not get seen. I, I think that's the best way to do it. Because otherwise, I, I know we, we have different positions on this too, but I think a lot of the like the visual novels and like the, like anime porn games generally on there, I think it's good for, why not let it go, right? I think they should allow it. Because what, what happens right now is they, requ- they were required to uh, filter it, right? Because Steam didn't want any sexual content, right? So mm-hmm. they, would, they, would, they would basically add a filter to the game where you can't see any of the nude stuff. And then in the games, like, help uh, read me file is a link to get uncensored the game like there's a process to uncensor the game that you buy on steam and everyone just does that anyway who buys those kinds of games like that they're not doing it, like, why what's even the point let if, if someone wants to play this anime titty game play your goddamn anime titty game like who cares well i would do then what reddit does for example uh where instead of being able to go to each page and buy it i would i would require to for you to log in first of all to your steam account uh ver- you know, verify your age on your steam account and then you can see those games. Otherwise, they're blurred out. Like they are, you know. You know, if you yeah, go to sure, if you sure, go to a not fine. safe for work thing on uh, fine, yeah. Reddit, it's like blurred and it says you know you over eighteen or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's ultimately. I, I don't think it, it's. They should set up reasonable filters and ways to browse Steam and let everything on there. And I think everything goes is, is generally a good uh, is a good idea. And look, the YouTube like YouTube was built on everything goes. Reddit was generally built on everything goes, and then they added some moderation stuff, right? They banned our incel when we're. There's, but, there's, but there's still porn and stuff on Reddit too, and like, but, you know, before Steam was taking a stance against any kind of like nudity or, and stuff like that, I'm glad that they got rid of those filters. I think it's gonna be, be you know better for the for the whole 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 thing. We shall see. Well, I, also it depends on what they want to be. So this is uh, revealing what Steam wants to be. Uh, you know, YouTube, mm-hmm. like you said, wants to be for everyone. Uh, yeah. I think when Steam launched initially, that wasn't their goal. You know, they wanted to be a platform. To digital distribution for PC, certain PC games, high quality ones. Uh, now they're kind of being like an open platform, like an app store almost, like uh, mm-hmm. Google Play Store, where anyone can upload anything. Uh, but I do think it's going to bite them in the butt. If Steam becomes um, a storefront for everything, and they even have software now, if you noticed, you know, this, uh, yeah. okay. At that point, I think Microsoft is going to see them as a challenger. I know Microsoft is entering the market now with their Microsoft store that everybody hates. But, there's a very real um, concern, I think, for Steam that if, if they try to do everything, you know, be the one stop for all programs, right? You know, imagine in the future you they, you want to get Photoshop, you go to Steam. You want to get like Firefox, yeah. download it from Steam. I think Fire- Microsoft will see them as a competitor, a big enough competitor, and just go after them then. Maybe. Regardless, I think it's good for Steam. As I mentioned in the chat, he never used Steam for any of my Arrow games because he's downloaded third-party patches to look at nudes. There you go. See, that? but that doesn't help anybody. But I think now you'll be able to download your your Arrow games and VN games and get the full, uh, full-blown full uncensored experience, all right? And Altai hates anime titties and he wants to take that away from you is, is what I'm learning from this conversation. I'm just, if I was uh, Steam, my idea for Steam wouldn't have a place for those kind of things. But it also wouldn't have a place for like uh, photo editing software either. It's just not my, you know what I'm saying? Altai, like I have to ask you once again, why do you hate anime titties? I, I don't think it's the right, Steam is the right platform for that stuff. Wow. My, but again, it's up to them what look they want to do. This, look at this Puritan. Look yeah. at this. Why not? You, you don't have to play those games, though, you know? And they, they can have a verif- age verification. Well, I also don't have to use... Uh, Why are those games any less pure than, like, any, any other kind I, of games that you I'm, like? I'm not talking about pure game. What about the accounting? You know Steam has accounting software? Who cares? You don't have to buy I, it. Why well, not? Put it on there. 
on the software section. It, 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 imagine you want to open like an ice cream store, and then someone walks in and says, you know, if you sell uh, staplers on the side, you, 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 have this, you have an empty counter here. Why don't you sell staplers at your ice cream store? You'd be like, what? Now, no. you're not, now you're looking at a physical like store versus the infinite, re, no, infinite real estate space of you know the Steam storefront. You know, just because it's an infinite store, does infinite space doesn't mean you can sell. You want to sell everything there. It's all about uh, differentiating yourself, making a brand for yourself. Like when, when I think Steam, when you think Steam, what do you think of games, right? Uh, anime tits? No, you don't think of anime tits. Uh, you think of games. I'm, I'm thinking of anime tits right now. Oh my. Anyway, <laughs> for me, it's about what the identity of the platform. There should be a separate. It's a Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is a place you stream anime. Now imagine, imagine you work at Crunchyroll, and I come up to you and go, uh, "Yeah, I want to add uh, Friends. You know the sitcom Friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want to stream on, on Crunchyroll. People on Crunchyroll will be mad, right? Like, what the fuck is this? Why is this here? And you, people like you would say, well, why not? It's everything. It's digital. It's everything hold goes. Hold on, hold on. I think if they added a section for like, a section for like, doesn't Crutch Roll have a section for like Korean dramas and J-dramas? I, I don't well, know. That, I, I'm not sure either, but even that who fits. Who cares then? No, because if their whole Asian, their whole theme is like this, you know, Asian stuff coming to like a Western audience. If they just had a section for friends and how I met your mother, I think. Why the, not? I think it'd be fine. Okay, you would think it's fine, but I, I, I would argue a lot of the fan of Crunchyroll would be against that. For the same reason that I'm against accounting software and anime titties on Steam. But a lot of these Asian dramas, are like, just... The same... The, 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 the Asian sitcoms are okay, but not American sitcoms? I don't think they would care. I think... Okay, if, I don't know how we can pull this. Anyone anyone out there, a Crunchyroll fan? If there was, like, a... You go to on the front page one day on Crunchyroll, there's just friends. Or, like, how I'm... They, 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 don't, put the, they don't put any of that shit on the front page, though. What? They, they have an anime section and a drama section. If they put, like, a Western section... Who, I don't think anyone's gonna care. I, I think they would be a different tab. I don't think they'll like. I don't think they'll like revolt and kill people, but they would be against it. Maybe. The concept of it. This is not the place for this. They would think. But I don't think you're making more drastic differentiation than necessary. I think a lot of the there's a lot of cross. There's a lot of like overlap between people who play video games on Steam and people who like anime titties. Am I wrong? I think so. A certain game. There's a lot of there's a lot of crossover. I I I think the guys who play like uh, Counter Strike or PUBG, not really, but uh, the guys who play like. Uh, Final Fantasy, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. depends on the kind of game. So, so, so the crossover is there already. So why not, you know, have the games with anime titties? I don't think it's a strong crossover. I mean, well, that's like saying, why don't they do anime here, too, on Steam? You go to Steam, you can just buy anime. What percent of our viewers like anime titties? Raise your hand. <laughs> it's, it's not about what... Wait, what percent of our users like uh, uh, Amazon, like buying stuff on Amazon? Should, should they just have... Should I just buy stuff on Steam, too? Like, I just go and there's like a... I can order toilet paper? Do you like toilet... Oh, who here likes toilet I, I, I paper? Sells everything. Toilet paper, everything. No, but for them. should Steam have a section where you can buy toilet paper and they ship it to your address? Uh, quick poll for anime titties. <laughs> I like anime thighs mostly. Maybe anime toes. Nice. Uh, the, the point, look, th these kinds of games, just because it's some like, uh, like, but they're still games. They're, they're still story-driven experiences. Like, okay. it's not, look, saying the soft, I think you make a small point with the software with like, Accounting software. Oh my God! What do you hate? Software. You hate? What do you? What do you have against software? Oh my God! I don't. I. I, 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 I want accounting software. Okay. I understand that perspective more. These okay. are different kinds of games. They're they're within the same you know genre. Software is a little bit different. What's different? Are games not it's software? Not game. Games are software. How they're, dare they're, you? They're more How dare utilities. you, sir? So I, I would argue a lot of those books or whatever the e uh, those those anime books or whatever you just go like A B C down the line, those are like you know, comic books basically, right? What comic? What about what about what about Marvel Infinity War? What if Steam added a section called comic books? You just like click the next page, next page, next page, and you read like more like Spider-Man or manga. And they could do it, right? It's digital, yeah. but it's not the identity of the site, man. That's all I'm saying. For the record, we have 92% votes on yay for anime titties. I think uh, case closed, boys. Case closed.
He's close. All right. I think Valve made the right decision. Let, I, let free the anime titties. I think the only way to stand out from the crowd is having an identity, which means by by definition narrowing your focus on something, right? Certain things, and I think Steam should uh, do that before it's too late. Uh, if they just become a one stop one stop shop for all, everything online, they're gonna be uh, consumed by uh, Microsoft. Microsoft is gonna just say, okay, if you use Windows, you have to use the Microsoft Store. The same way, like if you use Android, you gotta use Google Play Store. If you use Apple mm-hmm. uh, iPhone, you gotta use Apple's uh, App Store. Microsoft, I think, is gonna do is gonna force everyone to download stuff from their store. Uh, that doesn't happen regardless of what Steam does. I, I don't think that's that's rely no, that's contingent on if Steam continues this path or not. I think in a way it is because if uh, if it if they stay there focused on a small sliver which is gaming, that's mm-hmm. that, that's not enough to attract Microsoft's ire, and and, mm-hmm. and shut them off. But if they try to just be like, okay, we'll go, everything oh, you you buy Windows and then everything you do after that is is uh, us and we get thirty percent of it. Microsoft's be like, no, wait mm-hmm. a minute, that's not a good deal. Fair. All right. Well, one what that one vote is I didn't even vote anymore. <laughs> I'm just memeing. I'm just memeing. Right. somebody else. Yeah, no. All right. Well, uh, that was a good discussion at the end there. I think we. Fair. Yeah. All right, guys. We, I, we learned that Altai hates anime titties. That that's the conclusion that we've drawn. That's the conclusion. Omar loves LGBT battlegrounds. That's what, that's what we learned. Oh, that's my favorite game. It's my favorite <laughs> game. Put it on there. Quote me. LGBT battlegrounds. Being my favorite game. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more in the post game. But if you're on YouTube, that's it for you. Uh, thanks for watching, and see you next time. Later for you too. I've got a clip I wanted to show you, Altai. One sec.